episode two of the Monday Night Scores. For those of you who are joining for the first time, welcome. For those of you who are already crafty veterans, welcome back. What's that, Jim? You want me to place us in history with some cultural reference points? No worries. (laughs) The year is 1995, and we are in week commencing the 18th of September. Apollo 13 is number one in the US box office, knocking Braveheart off the top spot. The Red Hot Chili Peppers' One Hot Minute is number one in the UK rock and metal charts. But in the States, Coolio's still clinging on to that number one spot with Gangster's Paradise. Right, now that our cultural anchors are well and truly dropped, let's snap into it. So we're back a week after Raw took a slender 1-0 lead in the Monday Night Scores. Can WCW claw it back or will Vince increase his lead to an almost unassailable 2-0? With only four more years of television to air, let's find out. There'll be pain, destruction, and far too much internal combustion, Jim. So it's time for Monday Nitro, but before we start, we've just had Fall Brawl. Jim, tell me what's happened. So there are 6,600 people crammed in to Asheville's Civic Centre in North Carolina. Nice. We were treated to, amongst other things on the pre-show... A Das Wunderkind match against none other than Eddie Guerrero. Steve. Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero. Oh. It ends in a no contest. We don't know how, don't know why. <laughs> but Das Wunderkind is clearly regarded, seen to be someone who's a bit of a hot property in WCW, getting a push ahead of Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, blimey. Pretty impressive stuff. And then the main cards, we move on. Johnny B. Bad. Mm. Yep. More from him to come. More from him later. Brian Pillman. Flying Brian. Seems a bit of a surprise win, but he does. Craig Pittman, as of yet unheard of, beats another as of yet unheard of, the Cobra. DDP overcomes the Renegade. Diamond Dallas Page. Indeed, the very same to win the WCW TV title, which as of yet, two episodes into Night Raw, has not been seen on TV, so I can only assume (laughs) it's a new thing. And following that, we had another title change. Ooh, another one, nice. With a Harlem Heat, who featured none other than Booker T. Booker T's Harlem Heat, very good. They overcame Bunkhouse Buck and Dick <laughs> Slater. Who? <laughs> <laughs> to claim the tag team title belts. I'm not surprised. <laughs> That's two title, two title changes we've had, and uh, neither one was promoted on the, the TV show. <laughs> no. Or built up to on the TV show, strange. <laughs> But hey, that's how we do things on Night Raw. Following that, <laughs> Arn Anderson wins the big horseman grudge match against Ric Flair. Arn going over on Flair, blind. An assist from Brian Pillman. Assist from Pillman, right. Pillman mixing it with the big, the big names there, any of the big WCW he's, he's, names. He must be loving, it, loving life, Brian. And then, in the main event, the War Games match, the big, the big shock results. Go on. Team Hogan goes over the Dungeon of Doom. No way! <laughs> <laughs> Team Hogan goes over the Dungeon of Doom in the War Games match. The victory, there's a stipulation attached to the victory, again, which was not broadcast in either of the two Night Rows prior to this. The victory granted Hogan himself five minutes alone in the big cage with... All right, I thought that was it. (laughs) No, 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 there was someone in there with him. Right, okay. It was the Taskmaster. The Taskmaster. Who, again, hadn't really been promoted in the two shows prior, so... The stipulation wasn't promoted in the Nitro episodes, but yeah, there he was. The Taskmaster was thrust in there during this alone time mm. where in which uh, Hulk Hogan was giving the Taskmaster a bit of a hiding. The giant, 
The giant, again, more to come from him later. The giant. He came to the Taskmaster's aid, walked into the cage, which turned out wasn't locked, opened the door, walked in, and <laughs> small, he... Small oversight, but Hogan was livid. Oh, Stipulation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he chokes out Hulk Hogan and inflicts a neck injury upon him. Right, so Hogan's down. Injured. Hogan is down. <clears throat> Big trouble for Hulk Hogan in Asheville. Right, blimey. And then, and then Nitro. And then... <gasps> We're on to Monday Nitro. Off we go then. So over to the Freedom Hall in Johnson City, Tennessee. Can only think of Austin Powers. <laughs> That's all I've got. So the title's hitching. Vader is still on the titles. Still haven't got rid of him yet. Amateur hour. But thank God, at least we're in a proper stadium again. So, Jim, we're, we're again. This is where the big boys play. They're sticking with it. <sighs> Then we see Mungo's dog. We learn Mungo's dog is called Pepe. And it's in a cowboy get-up. Your fear that this may stick around and stay with us as a gimmick is unfortunately come true. This has to stop. It's awful. Then then, Bischoff, on. sorry, sorry. Yeah. Bischoff introduced him, make it say as Pepe. And then he taglines him. He tags him the tagline. He's backed by popular demand. This is <laughs> All the right, third... bollocks. I'm not having that. Well, it's the third episode <laughs> of Night Row. <laughs> yeah. He's been on the previous day. He been nowhere. <laughs> You haven't been nowhere. No, you haven't been anyway. You can't be back. Yeah. It's a 100% fucking attendance record here at Night Row. <laughs> back by putting it in the Absolutely. Good. Well, to top it off, Mongo comes out with this line, Jim, that I, I, see if you can enlighten me, see if I'm just not bright enough to get it. Get grandma out of the bathroom, because if you ain't here, you're getting a bum steer. <laughs> what does that mean? Nah, don't know. Right, there we go. So, and then we're into it straight away, Jim. We have a, we have an emergency. Bobby the Brain's got something in the back. Emergency! An ambulance! It's Mean Gene. And out of the ambulance comes the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan, as yet on Nitro. We haven't seen him. You know, haven't been introduced to him formally. Um, but he was the one waving the trident last week, I believe. Um, followed by the Big Giant, as he's called, or Giant, as he's more commonly known. But they refer to him as the Big Giant. Well, if I could just ask you, what is how many one small of the... giants are there? Really? Well, as I was going, what are, what are the what is the one inherent quality of a giant? <laughs> really? Sorry, yeah, completely <laughs> unnecessary. <laughs> So the, the one inherent quality of a giant. The big giant. Like, yeah, like, there's a selection of his peers by which to compare him. <laughs> yeah, but it's the big show. It's a young big show. And he looks great. Looks great. Um, he doesn't sound great, though, with his hoarse voice and daft, like, fee fi fo fumming Like, Christ. Why is he out of breath? That's what I've got. Why, why, why is he out of breath? He's just got out. He's got to lift it from the ambulance. I would say he's in proper use of an emergency vehicle. And then he's knackered. Straight away, he is packed. Um, so they're obviously, they're here, Jim, to psych out Hogan. I, I now thank you for enlightening me as to, as to what I've done Fall Brawl the night before. That makes a bit more sense. But at this point in Nitro, I haven't had this bit of context provided. Um, we have, uh, we learn that a giant had choked out Hogan the night before. Um, that they, they talk about Giant's father. Again, I didn't understand this. I had to Google it. Um, again, which means probably not doing the best bit of exposition here. They're referring to Andre the Giant. Well, that makes a bit more sense, but... Ah, uh, so Andre the Giant. Well, he wasn't, but for... No, I know in that. storyline, yeah. since for a little bit, yes, they were, they were going along that, but they never mentioned him by name, and I wonder whether that's anything to do with any kind of copyright or contractual issues, because he was very much a WWF bloke. I don't know, but... Well, I thought this was... I mean, I, this struck me as odd, because I remembered watching Raw when... The big boss man is yeah. feuding with the big show. Yeah. And he kind of crashes the big show's 
dad's funeral, and it's like a, it's it's. it's oh, yes, of course he does with, it, with, the, on the, with the the coffin and being he's dragged dragging it around. Yeah, 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 horrific. By the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 the, 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 this is where I was thinking. Well, then about his well, dad yeah, dead yet? But you know, Jim, when you when you move jobs, sometimes you change fathers as well. So maybe that's what's happened. True, um, true. But, but yes, no, good point, well made. I forgot about that. Um, but pretty schmaltzy daft promo um, what was the ambulance about then like I understand that Hogan's being hospitalised I assume that's the link but it was never explained there's just as you say the taskmaster and and the, the big giant supposedly have gone for a joyride <laughs> yeah yeah well I got someone to give the jokes here in the back right <laughs> but I think they said I think they said something like they wanted to experience what it was like for Hogan to be in the I back of one of these see. things why <laughs> Yeah. What? Okay. Show well, a bit of compassion. Well, a bit of a, <laughs> yes, I can learn from them. A bit of empathy for, <laughs> yeah, for the whole thing. Um, which leads us right back then, straight into match one. So we've got the American males, Marcus Bagwell and Scotty Riggs versus the Blue Bloods, Lord Stephen Regal and Earl Robert Eaton. Finally, Here he comes. so Heenan. By the way, just before we start, there he's still uh, having a go at Mongo's dog with the. Daft cowboy out, and, and just as an aside, he says that doesn't look like a dog. It looks like the macho mutt. Brilliant. Well, you were very um, excited, weren't you, when you knew that the Blue Bloods were Come in action Stephen this week? Regal, young Stephen Regal. You mentioned Psych it last week. You mentioned Correct. it last week. Can't wait to see. So here we go. Stephen the Blue Bloods eating out first, and oh no, Harlem <laughs> Heat have jumped him from behind. I was furious. Absolutely furious. And the worst bit is, Regal didn't even come out. <laughs> I only get Lord Eaton, or sorry, Early Eaton, Earl Robert who I'd never really noticed and seen before. I didn't care about him. Don't even get to see him. <laughs> it's like it's like a kid at Christmas who gets flipping coal. It was unbelievable. You yeah. absolute <laughs> bastards. But anyway, we're left then with an impromptu tag match uh, with Harlem Heat for their with their freshly acquired belts on the line, Jim. Off we go. So we get an explosive start, uh, and then the ref breaks them up. So they sort of. You know, getting to a proper scrap before the bell. Ref breaks him and goes, whoa, hold it, lads. And then goes, right, now you've held it, off you go again. And we're fine. Ludicrous. Uh, the Mongo keeps coming out with cobblers. He's already really, really, really getting on me wiki. You know, I mean? I'm getting close to hitting the mute button with him. Like, it adds nothing. I really, really winding me up. Back to the match, back and forth. It's a pretty decent match. Booker T is cracking. Like, he is brilliant. He was very athletic, wasn't he? He was like, his vicious axe kick, as Bischoff calls it, absolutely great. Like, the bloke, he's so athletic. Like, it's just incredible. Great to watch. Um, and then, fucking wow, Booker T with this huge leaping wheel kick. And Scotty Riggs actually sold it really well. He was sort of, he was, he was running the ropes. And, you know, Booker, this massive leaping wheel kick and he just absolutely sold it so well smack down huge back bump look brilliant um, Bagwell oh, I'm, I'm not too sure of these American males not sure it's just the, you the know, American males I, I, who the fuck came up with that honestly like, and the gimmick appears to be what they're pretty boys that love themselves well that? that's what um, yeah Mongo made a comment I'll get, the, get grandma out of the bathroom she's got a couple of Cuties to look at, or something, right. something horrible. Why is Grandma always in the bathroom with Mongo? Is it? Is he, she got some? Yeah, kind of, he, I mean, he said he definitely said something like that. Where's that effect? Right. Anyway? So, they, so these guys are good-looking lads. Is the gimmick? The word cuties is verbatim. Right. verbatim. Yeah, he said that. I don't really. Yeah, fine. Okay. I mean, that's as generic as it gets. Off we go. Uh, speaking of generic, Bagwell's drop kicks. Blimey, just like it's all he's got. Millions of them. And then enter the Colonel Jim, who looks like the one of KFC fame. Yeah. Like. 
Gordon Bennett. Um, he comes out to grab Sherry, who I hadn't realised was there, but, so, but I think with Harlem Heat, like the manager of Harlem Heat, or the, yeah. the, the valet. Sorry, just jumping back to the curtains. Are, are yes. we, are we just, so we've... So the yeah, second segment of the show, yeah, or, you know, they're, they're about. Yeah, first match, second segment. Correct. Are they just kind of treading as close as they can to some kind of copyright infringement without actually going there? We're going to we're gonna, we're gonna go as close as we can to line. We've got Under the, under the Giant being ripped off. <laughs> no. And now we've got yeah. the Colonel. I mean, the Colonel in, in, in white uh, jacket and the little yeah, thing sort of cowboy tie. Exactly. He's sort of carrying a chicken with him, wasn't he? That's all was required. I mean, yeah, finger licking good is the tagline we're all missing, but 100%. I mean, it's his carbon copy. For, for no real reason. I don't understand why he's involved with this and Harlem Heat and Sherry, but he is. He comes out to sort of grab Sherry, who's then happy about it, like King Kong style, yeah, right? Yeah. Off she goes, that seems to distract Heat. And then... Um, because oh, so- Sherry was going to hit someone with a shoe, wasn't she? Yes, and then yeah, yeah. yeah. But then she decides not to because the colonel comes down and whisks her away. Yeah. And she's very happy about that and off she goes. That, and no more is explained. She couldn't have hit him with a shoe then left. This is it, right? Yeah, exactly right. There's no but- point splitting that. There's so much wrong with this. There's no, there's no point splitting that. <laughs> He'll be here all night. There's no point. <laughs> um, as a distracted, you get this pump handle slam by Booker, which is then reversed in the air into a cross body and Bagwell gets a pin. And we've got new champs. Um, and then we get the American male theme tune again. Oh, man. I'll stop talking about theme tunes soon, Jim, but every one of them in in nature so far has been... You just couldn't have rock. much hope for the American males to have a, a good theme tune. They couldn't, they couldn't even no, be able right. to come up with a decent name for them. Just... <laughs> you're right. I mean, if they had a better name, at least then the song in by, you know, by, by um, virtue of the fact that the lyrics in it are just American males being repeated would have been slightly better because <laughs> it's just the American males, the American males. And I'm going, this is like the man called Sting all over again, Jim. I'm pretty sure someone's <laughs> putting them in this, you know, song generator. Anyway, we then get <laughs> classic macho man selling Slim Jim's ad brilliant uh, followed by a promo with Mean Gene interviewing Ric Flair Ric Flair coming out in his robe and he's cracking love it and then I like this I really like this Flair saying Arn you broke the code it's okay for us to feud amongst ourselves but you brought on an outsider into the ball game that's I was like brilliant like, I love this like they're these like crafty you know these mates the four horsemen all the rest of it and brilliant I get this now I get the, I get the reason they're sort of feuding and, and it justifies uh, flying Brian's inclusion. Great, nice one, Flair. I mean, done. It's all I needed. Mercifully shot. On we go. Unlike match two, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff versus Johnny B. Bad, Mark Merrow. Well, they had, he had similar music, didn't he, Mr. Wonderful, that just said wonderful over and over again. And the point of the Mr. Wonderful, so Mr. Wonderful character is this supposed, like, he loves himself, he comes out with a mirror. Yeah. This must have been a piss take, like, because he is a he is a bizarre looking man, like Easter Island head kind of bizarre looking man. Like, <laughs> this must have been someone going like, you know who should be really vain? That bloke. Like, <laughs> it's got to be a piss take at the bloke. It's he, his head is about twice the size of you know his torso. It's crazy. So he comes up to this horrific music, as you rightly say, in which is this operatic, wonderful stuff. It's supposed to be annoying, right? But it, it's, it's, you know, it's supposed to be like, go away, eat. But it just shows how daft the rest of them are, as you say with the other theme tunes, because, like, it's the same as the rest of them. And this is supposedly, oh, how bad's the, in this awful? It's like, well, yeah, but so's Flying Brian's and the American males and still... Anyway, horrific, 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 horrific. But it's working here. I want him to go away. He then starts... Comically, though, yowling along with the music like a dog and then <laughs> turns to Mungo and goes, oh, it's feeding time for Mungo, who responds with the only comeback he's got by saying you have rocks in your head. Fucking hell, Mungo. 
least his grandma wasn't in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, be thankful for small mercies. <laughs> Mr. Wonderful, yeah, proper go away. What an odd-looking bloke he is. Johnny B. Bad, is he wearing eyeliner? He comes out and he looks like he's had all the plastic surgery to try and make him look like Freddie Mercury. I, was, I wrote down exact words, Freddie Mercury, body rubble. He's uncanny. Like, he's got, it just, isn't it? Un, he's like an unusual, looks like a caricature of Mercury. If anyone, if you were, you know, someone's gimmick was going to be... They were a, they were a bad looking guy. They were, they were bad. You saw him. You thought, "Wow, well, I don't want to mess with him." <laughs> it's <laughs> well, it's got to be this guy, hasn't it? Yes. He's got this big red and white sequin oh, cape, and he's got his tassels. His confetti gun. His, his tassels. His, his confetti cannon. Bloody hell! I forgot about his confetti cannon. Bloody yeah, pony ponytail like hair extensions. Confetti cannon. And and then and Mongo loves him. Absolutely loves him. Yeah, which which means that I no longer do. Yeah, Not that I did in the first place. Um, and then Mr. Wonderful still hasn't got his bleeding jacket off, so we're sitting there waiting. We've only got 45-minute TV programme, Jim. And he's like, oh, hang on a minute. You've had all his Johnny B. Bad's entrance while he's been... Uh, anyway. But actually, wonderful start from Mr. Wonderful, pun intended. Uh, he does his like, deep lunging drop kick right to Bad's knee right from the get-go when you think they're going to for a lock-up. Like, oh, that's good. I like that. Um, bit back and forth, but it's just these blokes just look bizarre, and there's nothing it, nothing like stand out. It's just sort of a bit generic, a bit kind of meh. Um, wonderful squares up to the ref at one point. Um, he just looks so odd. Like I, again, like this love you loves himself gimmick just I don't don't fit. Um, bad goes the top rope for this axe handle, and oh my god, wonderful didn't raise his feet as he was supposed to catch him and you know reverse it and counter it. He didn't raise his feet anywhere near high enough, so bad has to kind of like come down with his axe handle and lean in to his into his raised feet, and it's like. Oh, it looks awful! Like a proper cafe busting botch. Like it, it straight there going. Well, this is this is shit. And then another one. Bad goes for a splash, and wonderful pulls his knees up to block it. Too late. There was tons of little issues. Like there's there's another one later. I'm sure you're probably discussing one. Um, the one where bad for us wonderful out the ring, and then wonderful kind. He he, he needs to come round. He's thrown out the side of the ring. Wonderful needs to walk round to where the hard camera is for the spot, and he's then picks up his mirror. And he's looking at himself in oh, the mirror. Yes. But he's back to the ring so you can see what's going on behind him. The, the, the spot is bad's meant to go for, for a dive, and he can he's watching him in the mirror all the way, and then he takes evasive. But they fuck it up to the point where bad comes for the dive, has to essentially jump, and he still hasn't took evasive. Then bad kind of goes back in, lands back in the ring, doesn't dive, aborts the dive, and then there's a pause of a good second or two before the evasive is taken. Oh my god! Oh yeah, I'd, 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 to be honest, I think I'd repressed half of that. Yeah, and then Shuffle. following that, following that, go on. So he's he's, he's gone to this great extent to avoid, or he's, he's made a mess of it, but he's yeah. gone to this great extent to try and avoid getting jumped on. He's been he's then laid on the floor for a couple of seconds while Tony Badge just stood there waiting, as if to say, you know, get a move on. And then as uh, Wonderful's getting up, Bad just dives in him anyway, and, and then he takes it. He just takes it. So he's got to that great extent as if to, I've got, to, I've got to avoid this at all costs. And then as soon as he gets up, bang, it's the same thing. It's exactly the same thing. That he's oh. been, he looked at him all the way. He looked at him all the way. Oh, here he comes. But it's like, what? Do you know what oh, I mean? It was a clumsy one at the whole yes, thing. Yes, yes, exactly. all the way through. That is um, exactly how I'd describe it. There was, there was, I mean, struggling to pick out any decent bits, really. I mean, wonderful had this sort of pile driver reversed into a back body drop that was sort of all right, but... And then, and then Bad did it to him. So Bad then had a pile driver reversed, but Bad recovers silkily into a sunset flip, which I think the only bit of like, that's all right. Um, but then Wonderful drops onto Bag as he's sort of being sunset flipped. And then 
grabs on both legs for the win. Crowd absolutely dies as oh. well as the pin. Like it was even then when he when he drops onto him and he's doing the comedy arms, even though he's got he's got he's doing the comedy like well I'm losing me balance, I'm wobbling, yeah. oh. but he's got two feet firmly planted flat on the ground, <laughs> two feet are solidly on the ground. He's going whoop 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 whoop, and then he just sits on him and then he's won. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, oh. could anybody look less bad? Oh. There was also a good when you were talking about. I mean, the amount of, of errors in this match. There was a close-up of um, Bad. So, the, he's, he's the, it's not so much, you know, it's not like a one-two, it's more of Bad just like, getting a few strikes in. He's, Which he's did look him. good, obviously, formerly Mark Merrow, actual ex-boxer. Like, yeah. punches look great, do more of that. So, mercifully, we're over with the uh, with that match and straight into a promo, Jim. Macho is on the Baywatch set doing bench presses. Well, the cast of Baywatch, all the Baywatch babes, cheer him on doing bench presses. How motivated must he have been? <laughs> oh, man, I'd never lifted as much. But why? Right? And they're all going, go on, macho. <laughs> what are they? What's happening here? Mental. And then, Jim, as if that wasn't mental enough, then the Taskmaster jumps macho at the beach in amongst the Baywatch babes, pushing some of them out the way. It'd have been good if (laughs) the Baywatch babes are cheering him on and everything. Some kid or something in the sea getting swept. (laughs) They're all ignoring him. Go on, macho. Well then, but then, well, they do. They do absolutely just sack off their duty because yeah. Taskmaster comes and assaults Macho, <laughs> and, and they all just all the, all the Baywatchers just they just giggle. They just giggle, ruin it straight away. You're supposed to be actors. What are you doing? But they all just giggle rather than going. Holy shit! He's choking him with the barbell. He's trying right? to kill him. He's trying. trying, trying he's him. trying. They're to all kill just him. having a giggle, having a watch. It's all fine. By the way, Taskmaster has turned up. He's put on his wrestling gear. He's done his Ming the Merciless eyebrow makeup and put on a puffer jacket. <laughs> At the beach, right? At the beach. At the beach. But then, Jim, just in the nick of time, Macho's saved by the Baywatch lads. Bit sexist. There was enough of the lasses, I'm sure they could have, you know, chipped in, but fine. And Ric Flair. And by the way, Ric Flair looks... <laughs> he looked massive. Even bigger than the Baywatch lads. And you go, fucking hell, that's where you realise the size of all the wrestlers, right? But he comes over looking, you know, flary, and just says <laughs> to Taskmaster, come on, devil, that's enough, man. Come on, devil, that's enough, man. He's calling him devil. And I was like, well, I suppose he does look like it, but like as if that's gonna, you know what I mean? That's all Rick Fledge keeps repeating it. But I, I thought that. he's not actually yeah. come on, devil, that's enough. Like he was allowed a bit, that's fine. He can battle match early. he can choke him a little bit, that's perfectly acceptable, but he's had enough now. Gordon Bennett, though, what are we what are we doing here? Absolute cobblers. We then come back to Mean Gene interviewing Macho about what's just happened the the previous week. Um and Macho in his, you know, imitable fashion. Nature boy Ric Flair, thanks but no thanks. What do you mean thanks but no? You've been dead, Macho. You've been dead, right? What do you mean thanks but no thanks? See you in the next life. Don't even care. Dig it. No, Macho. No, the only thing we dig is your grave here, son. You'd be dead. You were trapped by a barbell, right? You were trapped by a barbell. It was nearly on your esophagus. It's right? very ungrateful to say that. Yeah, just very like, ungrateful. Thanks but no thanks. All right, then, Macho. I'll leave you to it next time, you sod. Um... Then quite a decent promo by Macho, as it always is. He's like, I'll tell you how to kill a snake. You take its head off and all the rest of it. And he's talking about Taskmaster, obviously. Uh, he said, I'll take the Taskmaster myself and destroy him. Yeah, yeah. Um, we then get into Hulk. So Macho says, Hulk, you, bit of constructive criticism. You're a bad judge of character because the inevitable happened at War Games, it turns out. So all of <laughs> all of Macho's protestations last week, Jim, about not having Luger on the team, <laughs> God, he was right. <laughs> but Hogan and Sting, they wanted him. And lo and behold, it cost him. Good judge of character, Macho. Um, 
we sort of get Macho just continues his promo. Wait, did, how, they won. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know, but but apparently it says uh, Luger at some point had hit him, slapped him or something. Oh, um, you tagged Macho, right? I didn't say we didn't see the. So because Macho, he's just got him really done. So it turns out Luger had cheap shotted Macho at War Games, just like Macho predicted, Jim. Right. And Macho says he's drawing a line in the sand now. He's, he's flipped. He's back to the beach. He's back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's been put off. <laughs> thought I'd have done it, but no. Trying to lie in the sand. He said, you're either with me or against me. Which you mean like, Luger and Taskmaster, Baywatch babes. But anyway, we'll see. <laughs> and then enter Luger. Luger comes out, absolute comedy. God, this guy's awful. He just is terrible, isn't he? Macho Man seems like you're making some pretty strong accusations about people's agendas. You want to be the champ too, so you have an agenda as well. And Macho, realising his logic, has actually been spun his head there, goes... Yeah, I got the guts to say you're right about that, Lex. Just undermines the whole thing. Yeah, I do have an agenda. You're right. <laughs> the thing I'm accusing you of. You're right. I'm a total hypocrite. But hang on a minute. Let me tell you. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, fine. And then we descend into Lucas just churning out the lines again. I'm sick and tired of playing with kids. We're sticking with this. And I'm here to play with the big boys. Fucking. He's hell, sitting, yeah, he's got him sitting now, haven't he? I'm sick and tired of playing with the kids. <laughs> Uh, and then Macho basically says right let's get into it now and then goes ding ding as if he's doing the bell which I thought was great and then for no reason at all Mean Gene steps in and stops him saying and I quote this is not the time or the place I've got exactly that written what down. do you mean Mean Gene you it's mean, a wrestling ring it's a sanctioned <laughs> NWA wrestling ring on a live wrestling event this is exactly the, this is the only time and wrestlers. place <laughs> unbelievable it's about as times and places go I'd say that's Bang on. <laughs> Could not be more fitting. Incredible. I just thought as well, poor crowd. Imagine going and seeing all that and you go, ah, oh, we don't get to see these guys go at it. Well, this was so flat, wasn't it? Oh, you've, no. got, you've got these two huge yeah. testosterone field men, absolutely enormous. They hate each other. They yep. can't wait to yep. tear at each other. It's boiled Apparently, over. The, the, it's boiled over. It's yep. getting out of hand. And then they've allowed a feeble old man to, <laughs> to stop them. What, sure. One feeble old man is all it took. And they've gone, all right, then. Yeah, yeah fair, I know. fair enough. It's not, he's right, it's not the time or place. We'll, <laughs> we'll okay, do this in another enough. ring in another time. In, indeed. Absolute cobblers. So, Jim, we then have a promo. We've got Mean Gene. He's out and about. He's got his shades on. He's outside. Enter Hulk on a Harley, Jim. Fucking hell, he hasn't even gone to the trouble of getting a yellow and red at the matches. Get up, but there's, there's like a, a, a small bunch of fans. He's doing his, you know, textbook, typical yeah. stock Hulk promo. And then we get full soap opera, Jim. Jesus wept. Then enters a monster truck <laughs> that runs over Hulk Harley with, with, with Hulk and the crowd and Mean Gene, and he can't move quickly, somehow getting away just in the nick of time with some really dodgy editing. Like, you can see oh, the distance of the... Because we we've got a camera somehow, Jim, on top of the monster truck as well. How did that get there? You know mm. what I mean? Like... Anyway, and we, it turns out it's Giant driving it, Jim. Gi- the Giant, Andre's kid, supposedly. Andre's lad. Is driving where he's got this, where he's acquired this monster truck. I mean, one might say, you know, that's his usual ride because he won't fit in normal cars, big lad. But where's he got this thing? He comes in, Hulk sort of obviously got out of the way, then starts pathetically hammering on the door with his fists, at which point he grabs him at one point because Giant's arms out the window and he sort of, oh, and realises I can really easily eat him, grabs him and he just sort of pulls him in yeah, again while he's doing this pathetic Giant, <laughs> like, fee-fi-fo-fum laugh. I like how he kept um, rolling over so he's, he's crushed the Harley. Oh, Harley's gone. And then he, and he goes back over, over, over <laughs> time and time again. As though, as though it was his target all along. Like, gonna... <laughs> no, not Hulk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is clearly what he's going for, yeah. <laughs> 
absolute shite. We've descended into full soap opera. We then get a package of a four, of the four brawl recap. So we see Giant entering the double cage gym, and he's super athletic. He leaps over the ropes. I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. It was very impressive, to say the least, given that what you used to see him. Yeah. Like in the modern day. Exactly, like for him to just dance over the... I mean, and, you know, double K, you know, big cage with two rings and he's jumped over two sets of ropes. I was just like, bloody hell. Um, He then does a really, really poor choke on Hulk that looked terrible. Like, yeah. But then he does what looked brilliant, like a neck snap on Hulk, which actually looks great, but it doesn't work at all, does it? Because it'd kill you. It would kill him. Like, he's dead. That doesn't work in it would now, it'd be, yeah, It would be a serious police matter now. Is, it, would, is, it, would, it would have killed Hulk Hogan on, on live paper. That athletic giant's just killed a man. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't work, does it? The Asheville thousands of, of, of witnesses. The Asheville Civic Centre is dark as day. <laughs> National treasure at the time. Hulk Hogan killed in the middle of the ring. <laughs> Awful. Murdered on so, live paper. Yeah, brilliant. Doesn't work. We then get match three, Fly and Brian versus Ric Flair. I now understand that this is a bit more of a, a, a grudge match, Jim. So I get why there's a bit of there's a bit of bite to it, and it's and it's it's great. So what a rub for Gilman. Uh, oh, he must be absolutely just pinching himself here. He's in 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 with a with a decentish storyline with the four horsemen. Stratospheric rise. Oh, huge! And you know, Flair is great with it as well. He really build Brian up by being super focused and like like he's taking this mega seriously and this is like he's, this is not like you know he's not doing as much of his dance he just still does it a little bit he can't help himself but he's not doing as much of his dancing around this is like super focused flair it's great he seems to be the only one who who, who kind of knows what he's doing doesn't he on oh, this yeah. of those who are regularly featured who is putting these kind of you know, I've, got to, I've got to build up Pillman because I've got this match with Pillman I've, I've got to make it a big deal we need to make Pillman look a big deal so I'm going to say this I'm going to Correct. do this I'm going to act like this as opposed to just you know, messing Holden. about in fucking monster trucks Correct. and whatnot. And exactly right. And this is like, this was, I think, my favourite match of, uh, of the card. I think having Flair, you know, he, he does some... There was, there was... Well, there was some stiff competition, wasn't there? <laughs> 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 yeah, true. Um, we start with a brawl. We then continue to brawl outside. Um, it feels like a bit of a blood feud, as I say. Flair taking the AA stuff out on Brian. You get it. You understand why he's doing it. Um, Flair, he does his up and over the turnbuckle when he's Irish ripped in the corner. And then he clotheslines Pillman from the apron. Lovely. Um, Flair goes up the top rope. Axe handle. No, Pillman drop kicks him in midair. Look brilliant. Um, they start selling. In the middle of all this, it's brilliant. And then we've got fucking uh, Bischoff shilling this hotline with news of another, and I didn't quite hear it properly, another, what sounded, they said like, WCWWF defector, couldn't really tell, but it's like, shut up, we're finally getting something worth fucking watching here, and you get in the way. Um, Pillman goes up top, misses, some chops are exchanged, um, and then like a shoulder block, they sort of both hit, it looks a bit clumsy though, this is the only one, but he grounds them both, and flares a lovely suplex into the figure four, um, Pillman taps and Flair wins. And then Flair is straight on. He wants on. He's on the mic. He says he's going to kick his ass next week. And then he woos us back to the comms. Continuing the programme. Who would have thought? I know. Honestly. Honestly. Just, well, I've understood why we're here. Despite we having little context on us, why we're here. I've understood what's going on in the match. They've told a story in the match itself of it being aggressive and having reasons for it. And then he sets up for next week. Absolutely brilliant. And it's almost as if... <laughs> He knows what he's doing. He's in it. <laughs> oh, and then we get into comms to send us out. So Mongo says, and again, if you can clarify or help me translate or anything here, Jim, would be much appreciated. Let me tell you what Lex Luger and Macho Man Savage 
Jump ball, baby. Anybody and everybody wants a shot at that world title and what you're going to do if the Hulk don't get up. Well, what does that mean? What does, what does any of that mean? I'm lost. And then, and then <laughs> Bischoff sort of seems to clock. So I was like, okay. And then over to Heenan, who brilliantly sets up Flair and Arn Anderson, sets it up in a third of the time of Mungo waffling and sets up Mars better. Bischoff then sends us out saying uh, they're the most watched wrestling show on TV, which I have a bit of a bone to pick given last week's result. But um, next week, he then teases, we're going to get Disco Inferno, oh dear, debuting against Alex Wright. Colonel Parker will be here. That's it. Learned his surname now because I didn't get that earlier. Um, with his Japanese warrior, didn't quite catch his name here. Um, and right, Rich coming from me, but fucking hell, Eric. Enunciate, mate. Christ, you only got one job to be heard. Come on. Um, and then we're going to get Macho Man taking on the Taskmaster. And then Bishop doesn't address it, but the graphic shows it'll be Luger taking on a huge dragon-type beast head. Yeah. the wild ball thing. What was this? And yeah. It, nothing not even mentioned. Not Bischoff mentioned. didn't just didn't even didn't even reference it. Like, you can't leave it there, but they do. No. Pitiful. So that was the September the eighteenth edition of Monday Nitro. So now over to the gimmick. What do we think the ratings builders and ratings killers were in the latest bout of the Monday Night Scores? Jim, over to you. Listening um, to your review there of, of Nitro, I thought you did an amazing job to... Well, thank you very much. ...to, uh, oh, right. <laughs> to make it sound... Well, to, to avoid it sound like a complete and utter fiasco. Because when I was doing this, it was just... I was making my notes and I was thinking... Every every segment, it was just a question. One after the other, lining them up. What the hell was that? What the hell was that? <laughs> I mean, just getting so... Oh. So confused and irritated by it all, because it was just Oof. so... It was tough, on it? So poor. But again, you did a superb job of, uh, <laughs> of livening that up for everyone. I, I certainly wouldn't have been able to do it. But um, So for the builders, the ratings builders, of which I really did work hard, the flare promo, yeah. it wasn't especially good, but nowhere near you know, yeah. what the man is capable of. But it was just one of the few things on the show that made sense. So, so it's in there. It's the first builder. Made sense. Yeah, got, I shouldn't. That shouldn't be something that's good. But it was. It's a low bar this week. You know, they suggested that the prolonging the feud with Anderson, which is obviously a good thing. Yeah. Bringing Pillman into the reckoning is obviously a good thing as well. As they are hoping to obviously elevate him, give him a bit of a push. Mm-hmm. Uh, following that, we've got the actual match itself, Flair and Pillman. Primarily, again, it made sense, so it's in there. Yeah. Two, two, two builders that made sense of that. Two, two items that made sense and made it into the ratings builders. Again, I didn't think oh, you were quite praiseworthy of Brian. For that. I thought, I thought he was dross. To be honest, I thought he was dross. I didn't buy him anywhere near Flair's level, and uh, well, Flair kind of worked hard to put him over and everything else. I thought he had a much better match with. Um, Thunder Liger a couple of weeks say, ago. We've, we've swapped round, haven't we? Because last week I was I was pretty underwhelmed by Pillman, and I think you 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 thought he was better than I did last week. And this week, yeah, bit of a bit of a turnaround. I thought yeah, he just he just didn't look like he was you know capable of, of being on that level. Not that level. Uh, yeah, just, obviously, I don't know. trying to you know bring him up, but but at the same time, yeah, I just didn't buy it, and I Fair. thought he was dross, and, and obviously Flair's style so different. So maybe it was just a clash of styles. I don't know. And then. Um, yeah, my final final ratings builder. We discussed uh, ourselves. I'm impressed we were with the athleticism of Andre's kid, Big Show. 
Yeah, phenomenal, wasn't he? Someone who we're more accustomed to moving with with all the grace of a hippopotamus on roller skates. <laughs> Seeing him skip over those ropes oh. and everything else was just staggering. Yeah, it, was, it? It, was, just, it was it was really impressive to see that. It was agreed, but overall, this was a diabolical show, which <laughs> moves us on to the ratings killers. And there was a veritable smorgasbord of, of lethal, lethal um, <laughs> segments <laughs> on this show. My, my top one, my first one. Come on. The cartoony presentation of the giant yeah. do, does not need to happen. The as we've, he's demonstrated how athletic he is and how obviously it's just the, the physical qualities that he has are, are, are obvious to see. Stunning. So yeah. isn't this? Enough. Can't we just buy this? Yep. Right. He's got to be a match for Hulk Hogan. As he's got to be, he's got to be capable of being a match for Hogan. Because look at him. Because exactly. So we don't need to do all that. Nah. Utter bollocks of the, of the you know maniacal laughing and oh. all that stuff. It's, it was so cheesy as well. It wasn't even this monster that had been bullied all his life and twisted into this thing. None of that. No, he's, just, was, he's just a cartoon giant. He's just a comedy cartoon giant. It was, yeah. it was just so pointless. He completely undermines. Yeah. Everything they're hoping to achieve and. I thought this, I wouldn't say it, but I'd say I was disappointed because, I mean, if you listen to any interview with Eric Bischoff after the, you know, after Nitro's come and gone and, he, and he's kind of positioned as, as the guy who turned mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. around and everything, and obviously to a certain extent, well, to a certain extent he was the guy too because he was in charge of it, but he positions himself, he plays this role of, I was the pioneer of this. We saw that, yeah. that WWF were doing all this cartoon nonsense. So we, I thought we have to make everything more reality-based. So here we go. The Giant is making his his Nitro debut. So this is a new feud on Nitro as far as we can see. And we've got this unbelievable physical specimen. And what, first, we, we're going to make him a... Again, I don't know if that was Bischoff's side, like, you know, decision but to do that. But still, at the same time, if you're positioning yourself as a pioneer, yeah. you go, yeah, no, he's going to be... This fucking absolute monster who's gonna <laughs> because he is yeah yeah exactly so why would you why would you change that so yeah that yeah that really had me asking those kind of questions was that was pitiful and then speaking of pitiful we move on to the Macho Man Lex Luger face off mm. the two absolute top guys yeah this is like a you know two absolute huge names yeah why. Is this so dull? Why are they just having a conversation in the ring? Why can't they have like a brawl where everyone runs out from the back and pulls them apart? Why can't they have? Why can't they have yeah. some some like you know like anything to build yeah. up a bit of excitement? Correct. It was... they, they look just so destined for the mid card, don't they? I mean, Lex especially. Like I love Macho, but uh, but this is whoa, yeah. I mean, I mean, Macho makes it a bit super bit more exciting, doesn't he? With these kind of you know unhinged mm-hmm. promos and whatnot. Of course, yeah, much better promo, but yeah, but Luger. Ooh. It's, but it's the pair of them that built it up. They could have just done so much more to make it exciting, you know, and it was, like, you've got two huge names, fucking get them doing something. Yeah, absolutely. And then, my final killer comes from the, the match that never was between the American males and the Blue Bloods. Ah, oh, bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I did enjoy you've been denied seeing uh, Stephen Regal. <laughs> that was comedy. Absolute shard in <laughs> But everything else was what on earth? It was just utter chaos. Utter chaos has, has ensued. Nothing made any sense whatsoever <laughs> from the very start to the very finish. None of it made sense. It was all over the place. So you've got the American males coming out. It's a dreadful name. 
in itself. Could, <laughs> could spend more time on that, but I won't. Then you've got the jump in from the Harlem Heat have just won the tag team titles the night before. Yeah. They've then jumped the Blue Buds, they inject themselves in this match. Yeah. They're meant to be heels, right? Correct. So why the fuck then have they gone to the ring and been like, right, we're putting the tag titles on the line. We're going to, yeah, exactly. We're gonna, we're without provocation, without any provocation, we haven't even had these belts 24 hours, yet we're going to put them on the line. No motivate, no, nothing, no reason to do it. Totally sort of, nonsensical. They've right. done it. Then you've got Mongo comes out and says, well, you see, I think these two have got an attitude problem. Words to that effect. We'll ignore the racial connotations in that statement. But how, how? Just going out and risking the titles without provocation suggests they've got an attitude problem. Yeah, crazy. crazy. I suggest the opposite, if anything. Absolutely. So we're, we're going to prove by beating any all comers. We're going to really put some, a total face move. Yeah. It's a t- exactly. Total, total face move. And anyway, we go on. The match being Bischoff's referring for all the way through. It's not, it's not signed off. This match is not signed off. But it's live. So anything can happen yeah, well, is, is basically yeah. the suggestion. <laughs> yeah. But then... All rules go out there when not yeah, called live. Yeah. It was just really winding me up all the way through. The finish was absurd when, when the when um, the, the the manager I can't forget her name now. Uh, Sherry. Sherry is going to is going to is going to hit one of the, one of the American males with a shoe, and you know, you know, she then gets carried away by by the colonel. We have the finish, and then Bischoff tells us. This is exact words. We've got the tag team titles, which I can presume based on the, the only other title we've seen apart from the the, the WCW one. So, yeah, still haven't seen that TV title. Still haven't yet. seen that TV. That's gone. Forget about the TV title. What did you put that on TV? What, what would you put that on TV for? <laughs> but this is this again. This is the, this, the, the second most prestigious belts they have, and they've, they've just been lost in this absolute farcical fashion. Bischoff says, word for word. I don't know if it's official or not, but who cares? <laughs> there you go. But who cares? Why are we here then? Why are we here then? Yeah. What's this for? Yeah, What's this for? <laughs> who cares? That's what we said. Oh, wow. And then and they, didn't, they didn't go back to it anymore. Why didn't they have a promo on the back instead of, like, they could have half that ridiculously long match with the American males and then had, sorry, sorry, half that ridiculously long match with Johnny B. Bad and then had a, some promo on the back saying, how we're, 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 you know, we're, we're livid about losing these titles, blah, blah, we're going to get them back. You, you, better, you better watch out, American males. Which, none of that. None of that happened. It was no. It was just. It was just. Yeah. There you go. They've lost them. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares if it's official? Who cares if it isn't? Just completely buried the idea of, of tag team ties. Who wants to win them belts now? Who cares if I have them or not? Doesn't matter. They've got no meaning, no value, and it's just. It's just this kind of constant refrain of promoting the fact that anything that happens is good because it's life. Like whatever it's craziness. Chaos is just is fine because it's live and it's just it's like so it doesn't actually matter what anarchy takes place as long as it takes place in real time, which is just so it was That's just crazy. By the end of it, I was I mean this just by the end of this one match I was I was tearing my hair out, but yeah. <laughs> that was a very long uh ratings killer, but I thought it was one that definitely needed mentioning. Fair enough. Lovely stuff. So builders that I fight fairly hard to unlock. Um so I totally agree with you in the tag match, total chaos. Um, amongst that chaos, I thought Harlem Heat were great in the ring. I kind of, I probably sort of repressed and overlooked a lot of the rest of the cobblers, which he did, right? Um, I the, should mention that this book T was... Um, he's great. He, he you was can great. clearly see there's a talent there, right? And that's not so much with Stevie Ray, unfortunately, but he didn't get quite so much ring time. And the rest of it, as you say, was so, what the hell's going on? Um, I was lost... Pretty instantly. However, Harlem Heat stuff, some of their sort of some of their moves, mostly Booker T, absolutely brilliant. Enjoyed that. Um, enjoyed Flair Pillman. Um, it was a good match with it with a with a real edge to it. 
Um, it looked like a bit of a grudge match, as I mentioned. I mean, Flair's super cheesy, but great. Like, if you're in Rose Air and you see him live, he must be fucking brilliant. Because he's sort of... He's a bit OTT for telly, probably. But when you're there, it must be flipping great. Because he, he, he communicates that story to the back row. Yeah. And I thought, you, you could just see, as you said earlier, you could just see the golfing class between a Flair and some of the others on the card that I'll not name. Um... But as you said as well, move the the, the Flair Arn Pillman story on nicely. Like I get it now, which is just brilliant. Um, and my third and final ratings builder, uh, Heenan's still great on comms. I'm sort of scraping the barrel of it here. Uh, he still keeps me entertained. He's a good. Um, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. Anathema to to um, to bleed and Mongo. He's in the very small pool of individuals <laughs> who, who know what they're doing in it. Correct. He and again, he seems to just just be able to forward things with with a with a genuinely funny line. And Mongo does none of that, and it's just so much more obvious in relief to Heenan. And so on to me, killers, the monster truck, that segment, like this this whole thing. You've got you've got giant. That's all you need. Like you could make this bloke just this mega. He's this. You could make him a mega heel because of him being this. This just being who he is. Just, just being a big because he's supernatural as he is. Yeah. And use him. And and why why is he going to be put the taskmaster in a monster truck if someone's going to go like he's already this comedy ah just stop it didn't like it I I'm, I was trying to be nice and think at the time would this appeal to to people watching well, like me as a kid well, probably I suppose when I was that you know that young. I'm, I'm talking like 10, like yeah. pro- probably, but if this is supposedly your, you know, entering the attitude era, this feels like we're, we're this is, this could be on like CITV. It's the whole thing. He, he builds himself as Bischoff is, oh yeah, I had to make the stories more reality based. Well, yeah. yeah. What are you doing Because what you get obviously is, is monster truck based road rage all the time. Oh, unbelievable. Racing killer number two, uh, Mongo, uh, just, he's actually making, making this, pretty tough for me at times like, I'm, I'm genuinely wanting to pop him on mute I don't understand what he what he brings he has no insight he has no like he's supposed to be he's supposed to be the, the face commentator with Bischoff calling it down the middle and yet everyone he sort of bigs up I want to dislike as a result of him <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's just terrible Bischoff has to be having a rethink here he's got to be hearing this and going I made a mistake here has to be um, and then my third and final ratings killer. He's got a lot on his plate, though, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> well, he's got a, it's a long list. Although, yeah, you're right. Mongo's probably quite far down on it, but God, <laughs> Benny. Uh, and then number three, uh, the Luger promo. Um, like even Mean Gene and Macho, who are you know, Mean Gene's a master of the game. Macho's mental but always entertaining. But even those two in a ring with one microphone with Mean Gene controlling it, they can't drag him into something half decent. Like this is. This is sad. Like he's he's he looks, as you said earlier, totally agree with your killer. He looks like a mid carder. He's he's got this you know phenomenal physique, and that's it. Like he looks out of place. He looks like he is he is converted from another sport. I think he probably did, didn't he? Did he not do bodybuilding or something? That's where. But God, horrific. He sounds it's full wooden acting in it like everything's just and I'm, I'm cringing going like I said it last week have him 
being silent, give him a mouthpiece, I've given him a manager or a valet or I don't understand. Um, so yeah, whoa, tough on this week, tough on this week for Nitro. Tough going. I don't think they're gonna call it back at the moment. Raw's gonna have to go. You know, it's a low bar that Raw has to beat to limbo under. Yeah, <laughs> limbo under to get through this one. Oh man, horrific. So that was Monday Nitro, and now over to Monday Night Raw on a Thursday. Not live from the Canton Civic Centre in Canton, Ohio. Jim, take us through it. So we kick off with a quick summary of what happened last week between uh, Razor Ramon and the one, two, three quid. One, two, three quid? <laughs> the one, two, three kid. Setting about, up... It's about how much his outfit's worth. <laughs> <laughs> Setting up the big match between the two on this show. And we got straight to the titles from there. This week... Just the instrumental version of Ditched. I had that. We've got no shit lyrics now. They've ditched the shit lyrics. Praise be. I thought it was interesting because WCW got no lyrics in theirs either, have they? Nitro's got no lyrics. Uh, and yeah. then as soon as that's... I didn't, uh, didn't think about that. Good point. I think, I think they might have followed their lead there. Yeah. Not surprised with them lyrics. Christ. But anyway, yeah, we don't need to discuss liking it raw anymore. That's gone. Hopefully <laughs> for good. And we're straight into the show. We're kicking off. It's Razor Ramon versus the one, two, three kid. The big match we're not messing about. Here we go. The kid's entered straight away. He's on his way out and they show a video package of how he's made his name two years ago, no less, with a win over tonight's opponent, Razor. He must have been the kid about nine years old at the time <laughs> if it was two years ago. But also, if it's, it's all set up as this, like... You know, can he pull off an upset? Well, he's done it before two years ago. Two like, before, surely, yeah. surely now he's more experienced. It wouldn't be an upset anymore. You know what I mean? It wouldn't, no, that's you know. true. I never thought of that. Yeah. Well, not as much of an upset. Like, we've had he's definitely obviously beat him once. Beat him yeah. once, which surely we've seen a package. And gained two years more experience <laughs> on top of that. Two years more wrestling experience. As part of the build up, there's then shown a recap of last week that the, the, the kind of argument between yes. Razor and, and Kid. Of course. Which, which obviously led to what we've got tonight. What they didn't. What happened was they should, they cut to a bit of footage that they didn't show. Yeah. On Raw, where Razor slaps the kid. Yeah, we didn't see that last week. We didn't week. see it. No, I know. And then the kid starts crying. Yeah. Uh, and I was just thinking. We spoke about this last week of how they completely fucking buried him. Yeah. With with his buffoonery that cost Razor the match, and then him getting the shit kicked out of him by British Bulldog Dean Douglas and whatnot. And then he started crying after yeah. I mean, he's... It's, and he's six feet under, he's completely buried. 100%. It's so bizarre. And he, it must have been set up because he started sort of doing it badly and then, like, proper mugged it to the hard camera, then caught himself staring right down the hard camera and looked away and he thought, well, he's obviously then had a look at my being seen. Like, it was it was pre-planned. But we saw none of this last week. None of this made the edit no, last week. Edit, so and now it's being now? hailed as a... I didn't get it at all. I, mean, I would have Crazy. thought, I, I can see why they might have took it out of the edit. Because <laughs> it's dire. Yeah, you're making him look like a complete goon. Correct. <laughs> and then they put it back in this week. But anyway, anyway, here we go. We've now, before that, then the plug in the uh, in your house pay-per-view, um, Razor's match with Dean Douglas. Trying to generate a bit of interest in, uh, in pay-per-views. Who would have thought? Oh, Who would have oh, thought that was a thing to do on your wrestling programme? And by the way, they say Dean Douglas is standing, Jim, in his mobile classroom. Like, are there no depths to which this, this horrific bookworm won't sink? <laughs> <laughs> he 
He's in his mobile <laughs> he's classroom. He's brought his classroom with him <laughs> to the taping of the wrestling show. <laughs> a vile human being. <laughs> anyway, Razor, Razor comes to the ring and... and Looks good, doesn't he? He enjoys it. He's a big guy. He's a big guy, especially compared to the kid <laughs> who, who utilises, who obviously senses this massive disadvantage that he's at and jumps Razor, gets a few shots in early doors. Does. Not really a face move, though, that is it? They're trying to build up kid as this kind of thing. Or maybe the team's in a heel turn. I'm not just, sure. I thought it was... Again, I like this. I thought well, he sees... He, if, if these are squaring off one-on-one, yeah. Razor's going to beat the shout because he's, yeah, he's, so he's considerably gone, bigger. To, to pull off an upset, I have to... I've got to see my sense of opportunity. Yeah. I'm going to take it. I'm the underdog here. Yeah. So so he, he, he's, he's got a few shots in. Yeah. And then quite soon after, Razor asserts authority. He's throwing... The one, two, three kids, he's bumping all over the place. Despite his fast start, Razor's now firmly in control. There was a huge chop from Razor that I was like, oh, oh, oh man, that looked like it really bloody hurt. Like, massive. Like, yeah, there was, bang! Like, oh, it, there was a few moments where he, I mean, where the kid's absolutely flinging himself all over the shop, bumping oh, like mad. It really is. And then, yeah, the match is panning out really well. We've raised obviously twice the size of the kid and he's utilised physical advantage. It made sense in it that did. regard, yeah, you know did. what I mean? This is what you would do. And it's not like, Correct. it's not the both doing moves and, no. and raising selling for kids' moves and, and vice versa. It's it's, it's just going how you, how you would True. expect. It you know, makes right. perfect sense. This is what you would do. And there was a really nice kind of, just a look from Razor when he sort of looked, again, not mugging it to any cameras. He just did this kind of like, see, I told you, like, which you would do to yeah. it. If we exactly. See. Brilliant. Exactly. Yeah, really like this, how it was going. Um, and then again, uh, one, two, three kid makes his comeback, uses his speed again, utilises the one thing he has that the Razor doesn't have and he builds up a nice comeback. Yeah, lovely. Then we end in this sleeper scenario, kid's got the sleeper on Razor, completely immobilises him again. And then Razor's obviously like, I'm underestimating a bit. After he's doing that, mugging to the cameras, like maybe I'm underestimating <laughs> yeah. him. It's kind of come back to haunt him. Yeah. Then we have this big move, This uh, Razor powers out of the sleeper. Feels like again, you just know what they're doing. They're trying to make yeah. stars. They're trying to get absolutely kid. They're trying to elevate him, get him over, and then like, continuing programs from the previous week. Given kid, everything's just more organised. There's yeah, a yeah, sense yeah. of cohesion, <clears throat> stuff's in order. Correct. Goes on from there. We get a bit of a ref bump when the ref's down. Here comes Dean Douglas again in his turquoise shirt and dad jeans. He's in his he's in his he's in his teacher attire. <laughs> yeah, what a bookworm. Eh? <laughs> 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 he hits Razor with a move of the top rope which I thought was a bit repetitive given yeah. that they did last week it did look a bit pants as well didn't it it was on a Razor's back it's frog splashing his back, back and it, back, didn't, yeah. it didn't look amazing yeah yeah it just lacked a bit of bit of imagination shall we Correct. say and then um, Kid Cross back into the ring covers Razor Earl Hebner does the slowest count. What I was thinking, what bump did he take? Did someone hit him in the head with some kind of <laughs> quite literally blunt object? I've got written down in my notes. The slowest was count ever. Yep, it was. <laughs> yeah, I've wrote the slowest count ever as my verbatim notes. Help me give the slowest count ever. Doesn't it look? Doesn't it make Razor look worse? Like you know what I mean? Like if it was a, if it was a normal speed count, he's been done by you know. Yeah. He's been overcome by by the kid. Brilliant, right? Well done, the kid. But he's had to have help from, so it doesn't diminish him because he's like, oh, and he's just nicked it. But no, it's like he has had to be KO'd, KO'd for a six count in effect. Essentially, like, yeah, it took that long, and he was down for it. Took, he was down for eight. Kid, kid crawled right. over as well. So yeah, true, was, true, true, true. I just thought ah. Oh, don't need that. I mean, come on, Earl. It's not about you, mate. But yeah, overall, I thought the match was entertaining. I was certain Razor was going to kick out at the end, given given what we've. Yeah, we me just too. Yeah, yeah, me too. But, yeah. But yeah, well, he didn't. 
And uh, the match was entertaining. It, most of it, you know, if all of it made sense. The finish, as we say, was a bit, yeah. you know, they could have done more with that, I thought. Yeah. But still, building feuds. Yeah. Trying to get people over. Yeah, great. Consistently featuring a core of wrestlers. Correct. And, you know, advancing those programs. That I, can, I can understand and see, and you know, clock what's happened before and where they're going. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Oh, I loved this match. Absolutely loved it. It was great. And from that, we move on to a Dean Douglas promo. Ooh, yeah. The report card. It starts with him nails, dragging nails across the blackboard. <laughs> King says... I love the sound of nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> no, I know. It's like, come on, King. <laughs> I was thinking, how, how far do you go when, to be the contrarian knobhead heel commentator? Like, where, where do you... <laughs> how far do you go? You don't, you don't love that, King. No one's buying you, you love that. No. no one's buying it. <laughs> and then, yeah, so... As we thought last week, uh, Douglas's gimmick was he was some kind of nerd, some kind of bookworm. He's actually a teacher, isn't he? He's not. He's, 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 he's not. He's not a bookworm. He's, he's a teacher. He's not some. Yeah, yeah. He's not some. He's got a mobile classroom. He's not some guy with a thirst for knowledge. He's he's an actual <laughs> teacher. So yeah, and he's, he's he's wearing his robe, and he's you know all the things teachers definitely wear. <laughs> yeah, a, a multicolored robe, no 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 less. It was yeah, <laughs> un- unbelievable. Yeah, he's giving out grades. He's giving out his as he does. He's giving out his grades. <sighs> this was a bit painful, wasn't it? It was. It was. It was awful. Kid gets a D. For dumb, he, he, he says this was four. Mm. It's not how grades work, of course. <laughs> Razor gets an E for elevate. I, I was again. You, the, the point of grades is you don't need to explain what they stand for because they're they're, they're, they're hierarchy. They're in hierarchy. Hierarchical letters, yes, yeah. exactly right. Also, but inside baseball, in it, in the sense that would you be using these kind of terms on the on the program? Do you know what I mean? The grades got to spell an acronym for who Dean Douglas thinks will win. The Dean Douglas versus Razor match at in your house. Who do you think? Who do you think it's going to be? Best in the best in the first two letters. Who do you oh, think? I reckon that we're probably going to spell out Dean, aren't we? They are. They do. <laughs> it's exactly what they spell out. But yeah, the promo is bad. I'm not a fan. And we move on to Kama and Tatanka versus Savio Vega and Bob Holly. Bob Spark Plug Holly. Spark Plug Holly. Kama. Who's Kama? It's only the Godfather. It's the Godfather. Here he is. Fuller right. He's in there. He's huge. He's in there with the tanker. <laughs> I didn't realise he was. He had. Uh, I certainly didn't know he was Kama before. No, no it was idea. News to me. No he idea. Looked good. Looked, yep. He looked, looked scary. Looked beefy. Looked intimidating. No, he did. He did. Um, and Bob Holly, obviously, we're, we're all familiar with. But the look was something different, wasn't it? Whew. Bob Spark Plug Holly, a former racing driver with a with a, a curly mullet. Of brown locks, terrible, and a singlet, flowing men with uh, with with checkerboard, you know, checkered flag style chevrons all over the shop. Who blimey, brutal! And then Savio Vega's here. I, I, so, I say I don't know anything about Savio Vega. I know I've heard of the guy, but he, did he get a bit, of a bit of a push? I don't know. Ditto. Well, he seemed to be, didn't he? He really did. He was sort of he was getting a lot of. He got a good pop from the crowd. He got really. He was Vince was absolutely bigging him up no end. Vince was giving it big portions, wasn't he? Um, and he, he came out to um, sort of Cuban style Latin American music, and then we find out he's from the Caribbean. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> <laughs> but everyone in the crowd loving it, crowd dancing along. Yeah, he was getting a big push here. It seemed. It seemed, and, and he started the match red hot, didn't he? he got red the, hot. Uh, yeah, he got all his shit in. Correct. Got, got some moves in, and then he, then he tagged straight out. And <laughs> after beating up both members of the team, right, I'm going to call out a day. I'm going to go and stand on the sidelines. Yeah. Um, and then there's some plug for Psycho Sid versus the Hog Farmer. <laughs> it, 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 it reverts back to the start of the match where 
Ted DiBiase got slopped by so, the hog farmer. So slopped. Vince calls it good old fashioned American hog slop. And I thought I've, old, I've written it down verbatim and whoa. I thought it old really fashioned, like is, 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 like a classic, like you know, is, like, is, like, is, there, is, there, is there a newer version of, of slop that, <laughs> yeah. that the purists are doubting the <laughs> the quality of? <laughs> good old oh, fashioned. Oh, it was American awful. But for to, to paint a picture for those of you who haven't seen it. We've got a hillbilly in Dungarees. That's a hog farmer. That's the hog farmer. Who throws a slop bucket at Ted DiBiase and over a lot of the crowd as well, which Vince... Have you seen the the, the infamous clip of Vince um, where he's he's interviewing uh, Darren Drozdoff? He's going to puke. He's going to puke. Because he, he adopts the exact same phrase here for it far less emphatically for the... He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna be out. Craig does that, but he does it for a little bit ill in the Vince in this era. Take a look at this replay. DBSE, he got what? He got what? He got slapped. <laughs> and you're going, you know, Vince wrote this and loves it, and nobody else does. Yeah, it's dire. Yeah, it is. It is dire. But anyway, I guess then Sago said. Is DBS's guy and correct? He's going to be unleashed on the hog farmer. That's it. And there's the link because DBS is also with Kama, with Kama and uh, and and um, Tatanka and Tatanka, of course. So. Right. Well, there's that cleared up, everybody. <laughs> yeah. That aside, it, Bob Holly wasn't portrayed in the best light. He was it aside from the race driver stuff. He's also he didn't. The whole gimmick was he didn't understand tag team wrestling. He was getting painted as he was out of his depth, and he kept trying to. Getting in the ring, so when Savio Vega's getting getting beaten up by the heels, he Bob Holly keeps trying to get in the ring and then distracting the ref, distracting the, the ref, allowing the, the heels to then to work over Savio a bit more to the point where he does it so often that at one point Vince says, "Whose side is he on, Holly?" Like, yeah, it got oh. to that point, didn't it? It was that except it must have been was it like, was it was a minimum three times where this happened. Absolutely, yeah, three or four times it was. It was, yeah. And then again, it doesn't really reflect anyone in any kind of good lights, does it? If he doesn't understand Correct. the basic rules of <laughs> I mean, wrestling. Common, common sense, this one, it is like yeah. absolute common You'd learn, you just learn on the fly. You'd, you'd see it the first time. Well, I got in all hot headed because that's his, he's a hot headed racing driver, Jim. And you'd learn from you'd, the first time you saw your partner getting absolutely mauled for because you. And I presume the ref told him explicitly, no, you can't come in here until you've been <laughs> yeah, tagged in. So he's now just, he's That would be a very instruction. clear instruction. <laughs> And he can't Correct. follow it. <laughs> Unable to learn. So I think that, that reflects well on nobody. Dead right. Um, and then after this prolonged beatdown of Savio Vega, Bob Holly then makes the babyface comeback. I, 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 mm-hmm. Just the way this was all planned out seemed really strange, given how over Savio Vega was at the yeah, start of yeah, the crowd. Exactly. It, it seemed strange to have Bob Holly make the babyface comeback. And then the Correct. finish Oof. was bizarre too, in the sense that... I thought he was botched. I really did. Did you think? Yeah, because it looked like Camo was supposed to catch Holly's flying crossbody, but couldn't hold him, so sort of collapsed into a heap and then f- folds Holly over to pin him. It, it just I didn't I didn't get it. Well, it would make sense in the sense that the, the camera shot was so weird, wasn't it? it yeah, and it was that's just, what I mean. I couldn't, was, I couldn't it, see. Yeah, it was, it was all camera getting distracted by what was going on outside you couldn't see Holly on the top rope but all of a Correct. sudden he just appears he just appears and it's like you can't hold him yeah. and you can't see yeah. the slammy the kind of, he kind of dumps him on the mat and oh, you, you don't su- see any of that clumsy. Yeah. so yeah maybe it does make sense that they've edited that way yeah. and it was a bit of a, a botch but then 
Yeah, he gets Karma gets the cover and they win from there. But um, we saw the replay and it looked from behind the turnbuckle and it looked even worse with the clear review in slow mo. Like just don't show it if you you know what I mean? yeah. it more like a botch. Then just we don't need to see. We don't always get a replay of the exact same thing. Just just move on. Yeah, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. And again, they didn't exactly capitalize on Savio Vega being such a big hit, did they? Not at all. No. Um, we've got a Razor promo following that. He's orchestrating it again. Uh, build up to the big match. That was really good. Thought slow and menacing and a bit different. It just makes quite a nice change of pace. This promo from Razor. Something about him. Yeah, it just just not some not some big lad shouting. Like it was nice to have a just change of pace with it. It's like yeah, I'm I'm listening a lot more because you're not shouting at me. Again, and it's just it's just getting this idea about these characters and you know yeah. more about the characters, learn more about them. Correct. Again, exactly what so many opportunities that they had on Nairo to do similar things. Agreed. They just they, which they just don't take. Yeah. Following that. We've got the Jean-Pierre Lafitte squash match. <laughs> so we discussed Jean-Pierre Lafitte briefly last week. He's a pirate. Again, he's a pirate. He's, again, all part of the, the cartoony presentation of Raw. And he steals things. Again, we discussed this last week. He stole, he stole some glasses, some that Bret Hart had put on a kid. He stole <laughs> Which them. Which is great. Yeah, it was. It was. It was good. But then they've kind of ran with the stealing things gimmick. Oh, yeah. And again, it kind of, this whole kind of whole thing just devolves into... Well, Vince says he can call himself a pirate, but he's just a thief. Well, in that pirates, in that what a pirate is, he's just, just a waterborne thief. Yep. Like, what, what does that mean, Vince? Like, you know what? <laughs> so yeah, the match is going on. Completely squash. I don't even know what the guy's name is Brian it, Walsh. Don't you say it anything? wasn't? <laughs> but this wasn't mentioned until <laughs> no, it wasn't. Till well deep into the match. This is the point. I was going to give the guy. Yeah, if you don't get an intro, yeah, you <laughs> yeah. give the guy who's jobbing out. They didn't even give him the grace of saying his name on TV until the very closing stages. So, the whole purpose of this, Lafitte's got a match with Bret Hart at the yes, pay-per-view. We're trying to get Lafitte over as a bit of a, a, bit of a, a, bit of a threat, Fault as well as a thief. Me. Correct. And, halfway through this squash match, oh, it was bad. We have a phone in. <laughs> we have a phone in from Bret Hart. Bret Hart is on the phone. We've got Bret Hart ringing up mid-match. From the set of some film he's on, supposedly. Lonesome something. Didn't catch the name of it. No, I didn't catch that either. But he's on the phone in the middle of the match. So so we're giving absolute no respect to these guys here. Well, they're, they're, they're no time of day given Correct. whatsoever. It's just, we're going to completely ignore this and talk to Bret Hart. And Bret Hart <laughs> tells us that the feet is stealing from everyone, not just not just from Bret, but he's also, he's also stealing from people in the back. People are talking about this thing people know. Again... This sounds a bit more like a police matter than something <laughs> that should be settled in the wrestling ring. <laughs> Correct. Brett doesn't sound like he's, you know, he's giving this guy any kind of, no. you know, there's, there's, there's no interest. There's no, Brett doesn't view it as a threat. He's just yeah. talking. And he's, he's not a good promo, Brett, neither is he. It's, it's flat and he's, 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 he's dead. Oh, it's poor. And then we mentioned the job was called Brian Walsh, finally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brett's off the phone at this point, of course. And then... <laughs> Vince, that's talking about some completely unrelated match. So, yeah. so not only have we had a, we had a conversation yeah. with someone who's not even in the building, yeah. someone who's dialed in from yeah. outside the building, we then talked about some matches completely unrelated to this one. So, who cares? What, what, do I, what, what am I going to care about this this, yeah. this Lafitte character when? And in doing so, we almost missed the fact that his finisher was like was like you know the swanton, but sort of like a sit out swanton from the top turnbuckle. It was called a cannonball. I thought, ah, makes sense for a pirate. But I, that, that was that was only on second watch. I clocked that, Jim. So. <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, it does make sense. It does make sense for a, for a pirate to do such a thing. Uh, I've made a note. Lafitte wins with a cannonball off the top, and then Vince suggests Lafitte may well 
steal the victory from uh, Bret Hart. And I dare say this might be the only reason why Lafitte is involved in this angle at all. It's just, just for the steal the victory pun. Vince has come up with it and he's going to use it by God. Whatever happens. And from that, we move on to the next segment. King Mabel. Oh. King Mabel. Oh. And he's teaming up with his tag team partner, Mo, who are men on a mission. <laughs> yeah. Sir Mo. King Mabel and Sir, Sir Mo. Sir Mo. I haven't given him his title. I haven't given him his... Uh, <laughs> His full title, I do apologise, Sir Mo. Um, and they're up against the tag team champions, Owen Hart and Yoko Zuna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two guys, well, multiple guys, tightening the ropes pre-match, as Vince <laughs> told us. They're reinforcing the ring, which right. basically is, is a shorthand for saying we've got some fat lads <laughs> who are going to be having a match in here soon. Oh, yeah, blimey. And the poor lads carrying in. I love this. I thought it was oh. great. Oh. <laughs> My favourite thing on the oh. show is... <laughs> They're grimacing, man. They 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 carried oh, King sure. Mabel on the uh, on the throne. Well, Vince talks about his what was it? His five hundred and sixty eight pound frame. Yeah, like, oh my oh, god, no, I did. Was, I enjoyed it. It was. He's uh, allowed to have back issues now. One hundred percent. It was so unnecessary. Why <laughs> did he do it? it? But then you've got these, uh, however, six or eight lads struggling to get the five hundred and sixty eight pounder to the ring. Oh. I didn't know he. Um, he got such a push, though, King Mabel. To, to, he won King of the Ring. Right? And that was back in the day when King of the Ring was its own pay-per-view, yeah, separate but, and everything. But, and it, but it was also... But it was, it was massive then. But yeah, you know, he, he, he seemingly was getting this massive push. I had no idea. I only knew him, as I imagine you did too, from his kind of mid-card ministry days when he was... Viscera is the one. Yeah. I know him as. But yeah, no, it was... Uh, yeah, so it was, that was good to see, I guess. Yeah. Um, surprising to see, shall we say. I mean, maybe not so, so good to see. <laughs> Those guys carrying him definitely didn't think it was good to see him. Hundred percent, not. Anyway, so uh, Yokozuna, he comes out with own heart. Yokozuna weighs over six hundred pounds, according to Vince. So does he? So we've got a clear winner here in the uh, the pound stakes. Now Mabel is very much a a flyweight compared. <laughs> uh, Mabel's partner, Sir Mo. I don't know him. He's just he's just a fat guy, and he he's just yeah, a fat guy. There's nothing much to him. He's pretty useless. He's kind of a bland fat guy. I guess he might be kind of imposing in normal. If this was Sir Mo versus Owen Hart, yeah, you might think yeah, he's yeah. quite an imposing figure here. But when yeah. he's in there with these two absolute beasts, giants, absolute, yeah, absolutely, and he's he's not good enough in the ring, Sir Mo. From the bits we see here, I don't think he's just a fat guy, isn't he? Yeah, he's a normal like, fat guy. Owen Hart is very good, and he's he's bumping incredibly to make this work. To make it, yeah, because it was it's such a shit yeah. concept, didn't it? I've, Two men who are so enormous yeah. that they are borderline immobile. Pretty much immobile, yeah. And then we'll have a generic fat guy yeah. to back up. You, know, I, I guess, I guess Sir Mo is there to do in this. You know, in this kind of yeah. He, he, these are a tag team, so Sir Mo can do a bit more. Because yeah, run about a little. Mabel's so immobile, yeah. But he can't because no. he's a fat guy too. <laughs> so again, that kind of nullifies that point. Yeah. And then Doesn't Owen Hart work. is just kind of in the land of the giants, looking. Really, kind of, yeah, the only yeah. one who could do anything. Yeah, and exactly. And and he did a lot. He he, he flipping grafted a hero in to make this even semi watchable. Yeah, but it's just aesthetically, it was just ludicrous, Gosh, wasn't it? it? Was crazy, crazy. Yeah, I've wrote, I, I just didn't care for it. No. Owen Hart, he's he, he can't actually do any of the things he's actually good at. He just got to he's just got to throw himself around. He's just got to take the bombs yeah. and and make things look good as best he can. Yeah. And as you say, that was difficult to do. Crowd are going mad about the idea of seeing 
the two biggest lads yeah. in the company and like squaring off each other. But then why? Because what could yeah. they do? And as when they both got in the ring, that was proven that they couldn't do anything. And yeah, they, yeah. they lasted for yeah. 30 seconds before God. they had to tag out again. The only bit that I saw of, of Mabel, it was actually, it was, it was prior to that when he, when it was him and Owen, he does this kind of like huge running splash attempt with Owen in the corner of the turnbook or yeah. and Owen dodges. But the speed that so slow, isn't he? It doesn't work. Oh, so, so Owen's slow. got about an hour to get out of the way, and you can see like there's no. He leaves it as long as he can, and he's like, oh, "Well, I've, I've, I'm just watching him coming towards me now." Yeah. And it, just by the time he got there, yes, the turnbuckle took a hell of a beating, but like Owen had left it as late as possible, and still had about half an hour. Yeah, oh, no, he, he's so laborious. Oh, and poor, isn't it? He's got no business being there, has he? Really correct, and especially yeah. Well, and then yeah, the. the Especially putting him in there with Yokozuna as well. Mm, but again, yeah. the, the crowd, the crowd popped for it. So I don't know. With the two big lads, it's like because, as you say, they're so immobile. It's like it, yes, it's a proper spectacle. Like just sit when they both get into the ring. Yeah, it looks know, camera like, zooms whoa, out. Yeah. And you're like, oh, the crowd. But then all they've got is like punches, headbutts, and then like, for both of them though, yeah. the, the only like. Purpose of them is to beat the shit out of little lads, little, isn't it? Little guys, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's the, that's that's what they're there for. And then they come up against some, yeah. you know, a face who's 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 big enough to be able, yeah, to make big it enough, to slightly believable, and do a big can move. He, on can him. he get them off their feet? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what they're there for. So, what yeah. are the them two against one another is just absurd in itself. Yeah. What do you think of Owen Hart and Yokozuna as a tag team? <laughs> Seems an odd combo, doesn't it? Doesn't I mean, that? You can see why they've put them together so that Owen can be the wrestler whilst Yoko's there, but how they actually fit and work together. Yeah, I just, again, it just, there's no like, at least kind of change their attire so their attire has some kind of colour coordination or like something that suggests these two are a team. They don't look like, you know, they'd hang around together. There's nothing in common. There's nothing like. And they've both got a manager each. They've got well, Mr. Fuji and Jim Cornette yeah. in there. Like they could have, they could have come out in a in a team colours, as you say, or yeah, there's something just to yeah, it looks to signify at least to it. It does, yeah. It, it just doesn't yeah. just doesn't go. And anyway, yeah. Um, Yokozuna eats Mabel from behind. Mabel falls out the ring really, really slowly. Yeah, he's having none of it, is he? For he the is. finish, yeah, yeah. He, he kind of rolls out <laughs> as slow as he, he possibly could. He's not risking anything there. Uh, Cornet distracts the ref. Yeah, nice. Oren Yokozuno, um, double team, Sermo. <laughs> and then they win. Yeah. Men of a Mission are a horrible tag team, is how I have yeah. signed off that particular <laughs> segment. That'll do. <laughs> we cut uh, Shawn Michaels and Diesel, who were pro- who couldn't have promo there in the, the main events of, oh, yes. of uh, In Your House, pay per view at the weekend, the upcoming pay per view, where. I think it's quite a complicated premise they've got. Um, Cornet does a promo explaining it essentially at the end. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> yeah, the premise is it's Michaels and Diesel versus Owen Hart and Yokozuna. Yeah. All the belts are on the line. So Diesel's the WWF champ. Yes. Michaels is the Intercontinental champ. Yes. Owen Hart and Yokozuna are the tag champs. Whoever gets pinned loses their respective belts. So if Owen Hart pins Shawn Michaels, he becomes the Intercontinental champion and keeps the tag team. Challenge. Yes, if, exactly. If yeah, and if, then if yeah, vice versa. You get it. It's not that complicated. <laughs> but um, anyway, cut uh, Michael and Diesel, who yeah. are meant to be the baby faces. Yeah, and you wouldn't get it from this, would you? Yeah. Which star the Attitude Era? Maybe possibly, possibly these 
dickheads being like, fuck yeah. everyone else, and you're going to like me doing it. Yeah. But... Smug. But at the moment, yeah, I don't. <laughs> they come across much more Haley than... Yeah, they do. ...than Hart and Yokozuna, don't they? Well, oh, uh, uh, HBK says something about if only lies anymore, his nose will get even bigger. Like, making a big nose yeah. gag. Like... That's very. That's at this time anyway. It feels very, very, very healy. Yeah, they definitely, they definitely come across basic, basic, basic to me. And Michael's finished getting really mad, but he has no reason to be because yeah, like, yeah, no one's done anything, have they? To no. provoke him. There hasn't been any build up in the previous episodes. Of no, Raw exactly. That, yeah, correct. This is a uh, some kind of grudge match, but anyway, so that kind of felt forced for the sake of it. Yeah. And then we go back to the Cornet promo. Cornet's back in the ring with Vince and um, Yokozuna and Owen. Yeah. Cornet is a great promo. Rattling through everything, it needs to be rattled yeah, through. Yeah, he's just very, very good here from Corny. Yeah, speaks really fast. Was full of uh, you know everything you need to correct. And he skewers, did you say? I mean, because they are sticking with the two dudes with attitudes for yeah, diesel thingy, and he skewers them with it's not going to be two dudes with attitudes this Sunday. It's going to be two fellas that are yeller. Like yes, Corny, class, <laughs> love it. Yokozuna keeps walking around shouting bonsai. <laughs> when it happens often when Cornette's in mid sentence. <laughs> He shouts bonsai to the to the camera. And isn't it? Because he does, right? And isn't it banzai? Because <laughs> he definitely shouts bonsai. Yeah. But isn't that the tree? <laughs> Not banzai as <laughs> an attack. Because he does shout bonsai. He shouts bonsai, yeah, he does. Because he even grabs the mic at the end, doesn't he? And shouts it. Yeah, he does end. at the end, yeah. The, the incredibly Samoan Japanese Yokozuna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, shouting bonsai, walking around. Thought Cornette again did an excellent job. Great, yeah. Building up the matches that was mega important. It's a huge deal, which is exactly what you know it should be seen as, and they haven't done much build up on the show. Correct. So again, this is good, this was needed. Well he did a good job as well, not just in, in, in communicating the, the stipulations. The stipulations. But he also did a, a, the kind of the the mind games job of trying to drive a wedge between HBK and Diesel, going like, "Well, you know, well, do you guys really trust each other? What happened last time with you? Because you know, when when the the belts are on the line, who are you going to protect? Your friendship? Or are you going to go for the gold? Because that's what you guys are like. And these guys, Owen and Yoko, are a unit, and they're clearly not. But he's going like, "We are." Yeah. Both. And it's, it's brilliant. It's superb. It's absolutely it? brilliant. It's superb. Just exactly saying all the things that you you would say. This think, is it. Exactly. Think of things that you would. Correct. You know, logically, this is what you might be going through your head and whatnot. Exactly. Portraying it as though it's a real yeah. contest, you know 100%. what I mean? It's an 100%. important big deal, which is good, and it's good to see. It's amazing, he's so good at it. And again, I thought this, this promo portrays Yokozuna and Owen Hart as, as, as faces, doesn't it? 100%. They're the baby yeah. faces here. 100%. It says these, the, you know, Connick's line, these men are the better team, you may be better individually. So yeah. he's even portraying us, they're the underdogs. Correct. They're not as good as you, but we're going to win because we're the better team. And, that's a, and we're going to put our differences aside, we're going to focus on the task in hand, we're going to get our heads down and work hard for it kind of thing. It's like, yeah, 100%. And then we've got the closing segment. Oh, King's Royal Prediction. King's Royal Predictions. <laughs> Is this a thing? I've not, I've, not, I've not heard of this before. No, no, no. no. Same, same. Yeah, so we have King's Royal Prediction, which was... Uh, he predicted that Yokozuna will pin Diesel to become the WWF champion for the third time. Right. Well, um, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> and then they plug a match next week between um, Undertaker and the British Bulldog. Oh, yes, yes, they exciting, do. Finally. You're going to see Undertaker, Jim. Yeah, yeah. Bloody I'm finally. I'm, I'm so up for this. That is where we finish the show. Off we go to the ratings builders and killers. Lovely stuff. Well, I'll kick us off then. So my first of three ratings builders. Um, so this is this is a bit of a cop-out and a bit of a generic one, but there's just some absolutely cracking wrestling on display here. Like, 
Owen Hart, Kammer, I thought was really good, surprisingly. Uh, Bob Holly, but especially the one, two, three kid and Razor, like just absolutely great. Just more of that lot. Like the contrast between this and Nitro, I've just seen. Like as you, as you mentioned in in your run through, just some stories being told, some legitimacy being added in, some real kind of in ring psychology, but also keeping in mind the bigger picture of things, particularly one, two, three kid and Razor, as you mentioned, but. But even Owen Hart, you know, being able to kind of make Yokozuna <laughs> seem more mobile and like he was doing more than he was and carrying him along a lot in some of the stuff. I thought, like, just they've got some just some proper talent here it, and giving them the time to do it with matches that enable them to do it. I thought it was lovely. Um, but as I say, my second point is not just the slick moves, but the storytelling element, which was, I think, genuinely aided by Vincent King. I know they're both a bit of... It's a bit comedy, especially Vince when he's everything's like this mode. And I know King can be OTT at times, and there's some stuff. I mean, the nails on the blackboard was was a low point because you're like, come on, King. But in his role as heel color commentator, he is genuinely really good, and not just and actually not so much the one-liners, but he's so clearly on top of the story they're trying to tell and nudges it along in character. And not unlike Heenan, I think Heenan is is very similar on WCW. They're both just aware of the story that's going on and they help place you within that. And I thought just they I got so much more out of this than I did WCW. And I think that's in no small part down to, to King and Vince. And again, Vince daft, but he does make everything seem like it's the most amazing thing in the world. Everything is unbelievable. And all right, there is a point of, of saturation where you go, shut up, <sighs> Vince. But by and large, brilliant. And then finally, just Cornette. I know we've covered it. I'll not go through it again, but just he takes some of the elements of the kind of like, oh, that's a bit shite. I'm thinking of the faces. So Michaels and Zingy, so the two dudes with attitudes. I'm sure cool at the time or whatever, but he takes it and he uses it and skewers them as you would logically. Like, But does it whilst wrapping up and telling a story, whilst moving everything forward and doing it in 10 seconds and making it watchable. Like, Genius, absolutely love the blog. So to me, killers. Um, first racing killer. Um, no surprise here. The big lads being big. They just, yeah, it's just not for me. They they look staggering as they're on the way to the ring, like with the low camera film, like they are these, you know, absolute monsters that they are. But as soon as they get in there, it just kills a whole charade. They're just a dull, immobile, it's poor, it's crap. Second rating killer. Uh, Dean Douglas, Jean Pierre Lafitte, and Bob Ollie's gimmicks. Uh, proper cartoon characters um it makes it just cheapens the rest of it i think there's 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 some cracking stuff on show and this makes it feel like a kids tv show i know i mentioned a bit of that with wcw but this is just in such sharp contrast to some of the other things on the card unlike wcw and i know all wrestling's pretty daft but some of this stuff is just so cringeworthy i'm, I'm just willing them to stop um and three two dudes with attitude like oh, it, it, come on lads like these guys seem to get free reign to come out with these cobblers and to repeat it. Someone's told them this is great. And maybe this is me being a cynical old sod. And at the time I would have found it far more entertaining. But every time I hear it, it's like, it's like silent Bob hitting the rake. I'm like, Oh, stop it. It's like nails on a chalkboard. It's like nails on a mobile classroom's chalkboard. And they are my three ratings killers, Jim. How about your builders and killers? Uh, Builders for me, you've covered one of them. Very well, so I won't say too much about it. Uh, Cornet's promo, superb. Oh. 
laying out the stipulations of the match, building it up like it's a big deal, yeah. and like trying to frame it as a you know legitimate contest. This is this this matters, and this is why it matters. I thought it was great. Yeah, nice. so I mean, again, you don't see a lot of. Next to that, we've got the um, Razor Ramon One Two Three Kid match. Yeah, obviously, lovely. again, something you've also pointed out that the finish was a bit underwhelming, but just the way again the match made sense. So throughout the story that was told throughout was was very good, compelling, and some great wrestling too. So I'd like to see more of that. Finally, again, I, do you know what? I did struggle. Yeah, go on. Can we build us on this one? My last one was a bit of a cop out. <laughs> Come on. I wrote word for word. There was no Todd Pettengill. <laughs> I, that'll do for me. <laughs> my, my overall thought is that the show itself is just it's just it's just so much better in, into as as a program. But anyway, anyway, we'll move on from that to my ratings killers. Cool. Uh, Men on a mission being in the main events. They've got no business being there. No. They've got no business. I don't care how much you're pushing King Mabel. There's no. You've got no business. Sir Moe doesn't even feature in the entrance. He's just. A, he's just an afterthought. <laughs> yes. As much as I like the entrance. As much as I like the entrance. But <laughs> it's a good point, though. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, no Moe. As much as I like the entrance, Moe so is just an afterthought. Is he, is he just walking yeah, by? Yeah, I don't know. Unless he's carrying. He's helping carry the thing. <laughs> he's carrying the throne, maybe. I don't know. He, he just doesn't feature. He's just in the ring with him yeah, all of a sudden. Good point. Um, yeah, the limitations of both of both men on a mission coupled with those of Yokozuna meant there was, you know, there wasn't much they could do to make the main event worthy of its slots. And yeah, you didn't buy either of them as a significant threat to the tag team champions. Following that, I mentioned the talking segments that closed the show. There was way too much of that, way too much. It could have just been one promo. There could have been more action had in there. Given how short the show is in itself, 45 yeah, minutes true. of airtime, you just surely want to pack it with more action. You definitely don't want to go off with the air of three Three. That's that's too many. Three talking segments. Way too many. My final one is the the longest squash match of all time. That nobody. That even the Vincent Mann, the guy who's you know who's booked it, who owns the owns owns the company, who has a direct, who who, who is the one who stands to profit most from you buying this pay per view at the weekend. You tuning in to see Bret Hart versus Jean Pierre Lafitte, and he didn't. He even he didn't give Jean Pierre Lafitte the time of day. No. Having a phone call with Bret Hart in the middle of the match and then talking about some other un- unrelated match when he's trying to get Lafitte, or when he should be trying to get Lafitte over as a legitimate threat <laughs> towards him. Yeah. And that job was shocking as well. But uh, anyway, from that, <laughs> that is my ratings, killers. Now it's time for what you've all been waiting for, the reveal of the golden envelope. It's definitely not a piece of paper folded up, Jim. 100% not. No. Keep up the gimme. So before we reveal which of our two shows won the ratings battle that week, and remember we're trying to find out whether or not Vince can take a 2-0 unassailable lead, Jim, or whether Bischoff will claw one back. It's a strong position to be in. <laughs> it certainly is. Um, we first need to make our own predictions. So... I'll start with you, Jim. Which show did you think was the better show this week and more deserving of winning the ratings battle? Without being a very good show in itself, the better one by a country mile or a hundred was raw. (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I think I actually think it was a, a pretty good show. I, I, I enjoyed Raw this week. I am um, I, I, more than I thought I would actually, but um, yeah, a million times better than the dross that was Nitro. Raw could have been the ten minutes long it was for the Razor Ramon match, and it still would have been the best show. Wouldn't it? Yeah, could have cut it there, ended it, and just had nothing on, just a black screen with adverts for the rest of the hour, and it still <laughs> would have beaten. They could have sold Shawn Michaels' pleather hat. Could have done it for 35 minutes. Could have shielded it for the full 35, and it still would have come still out on top, in my opinion. Well, let's find out what the American viewing public thought, Jim. <clears throat> I'll show them that in the edit. <laughs> September the 18th, 1995. Raw's Nielsen rating was 2.7 and Nitro's was 1.9. Raw has smashed it this week. Resounding win. And rightfully so. Absolutely. The right team won. Well, there you go. 2-0 to Vinnie Mac, Jim. 2-0. How are WCW going to come back from this? Can they? We'll find out next week.